Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, your coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And if this is the first time that you're joining us, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. You'll notice usually I come on here sassy, peppy, and ready to go. Today's episode has a little bit more serious tones, and not in a bad way. I'm doing fine, but we're going to get into some deep shit today. And so if you stop to listen to this episode, I know there's a message in here for you. Maybe it's that all the pieces are there within you and around you. Maybe it's there's nothing lacking right now, friend. Maybe it's we get to change and heal and be different, or we get to be loved as we are. Gosh, I love the song right now by John Legend, All of Me. Love your curves and all your edges. You know what I'm talking about. YouTube it after you listen to this. It's amazing. Anyway, that we do get to be loved as all of us, all, all parts of us, even our edges. Or maybe it's the message that you can accept the abundance and support around you. So that's going to be woven in today because, you know, there's always a story that needs to be told. And I need to share today how burnout broke my beliefs. It didn't break me, but it broke a whole bunch of shit within me. You can tell a story to a whole room, but for me, when I start processing an experience or a story or or something that I want to share that's deep, I usually just start with myself. And then I start to share it with my close people. And this story has actually been brewing for a few months. And now I feel brave enough to share it here. So let's get into this solo cast today. Oops, I forgot. Before we get into the show, here's a quick message from Resolve, a physician contract review company. So at Resolve, they believe that knowledge is power for physicians and that power gives you control over your financial future. Resolve believes that by mining, analyzing, and synthesizing data, they can provide you with information and insight that empowers you to diagnose the health of your career, fully understand your worth, and maximize your fullest potential. As a company founded by a doctor for doctors, Resolve focuses on the well-being of those whose purpose in life is to care for the well-being of others. To have this incredible company review your employment contract, find them at doctorspodcastnetwork.com backslash resolve. The link is in the show notes. All right. Burnout broke my belief. And specifically, I am talking about my faith belief today. So to set up the stage for you and give you some background, I grew up extremely conservative Protestant, like Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night type of people. Didn't even think about dating someone who is Catholic. That was like, holy shit, what are you doing? It was even one of those you had to like screen what church they went to type of thing. And the messages that I heard and that were implanted in me was a lot of fear. There was a lot of hellfire and brimstone. I can remember a specific revival that I now know that like I shut down during the sermon because I just could not handle it. But at the time as a little kid, I just didn't know 
the words, the messaging that I was saying just left me with so much fear. I was a kid that read the Left Behind series and actually was highly encouraged to read the Left Behind series rather than Harry Potter when it came out when I was older. (laughs) And being an intellectual child and a gifted child, the Left Behind series scared the living shit out of me. I remember constantly praying as a kid that if I thought I had made a mistake or thought I sinned, I was so worried that I was you know, going to be left behind. So I was like constantly asking for forgiveness. And then roll into the true love weights purity movement. That was implanted in me as well, that it's my job not to look too nice or sexy to cause boys to sin, that my body needed to be pure to marriage. Yeah, those were so... Those were so weird conversations. But I mean, I remember, I think it started when I was as young as like fifth or sixth grade all the way through. People were like doing all the like purity rings and like signing the commitment cards and all of that. Yeah, a lot of stuff now that I look back at it as an adult. And so that was the background that I came from. Grew up in the Bible Belt. You know, I grew up in Indiana. It was a big, huge deal when my parents got divorced when I was in high school, like a big, huge deal that that would happen and that that they couldn't let God heal their marriage and figure it out, even though after they got divorced, it was probably the best thing ever for our family. But anyway, that's the background that I come from on my belief system, just to, to tee up the frame so you can kind of see. Fast forwarding to my burnout which was 2014-ish, 2005, growing into 2015, was kind of what I term the dark night of my soul. And I talk about this all the time, but I want to say it again. It was me sitting on the edge of my bed, sobbing, because it was a Sunday night, and I was getting ready to go to work, or thinking about going to work on Monday, and the dark dark cloud of dread was just all over my house and all over me. And two little boys were sitting in the other room. I think they were watching Paw Patrol at the time. My husband was doing something. It was just me. I remember asking, where the fuck are you, God, in all of it? Because from the outside, it appeared like I had it all together. But on the inside, I was dying. And I remember just thinking, but I've done all the things I was supposed to do. You know, I was I was the good Christian girl. I I got the degree and I got married and I had the kids and I'm trying to raise them in a particular Christian way. Where the fuck are you? Show up. This is when I need you now. And it was in those moments sitting on the edge of my bed where it's like, where do I go from here? What do I do? I felt so stuck. And so trapped because I had followed the equation that I had been given early on. I remember there was a lady at our church who had had told me, uh, laid hands on me and told me that, you know, what my spiritual gifts were and, and, you know, identified what those were. And I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing according to the, the thoughts and plans. And so, I did what a 
good Christian girl was supposed to do. And I went to church more and I prayed more. And I finally, after months of struggling, finally decided that I would go talk to the pastor, even though that was the last thing that I wanted to do. And those were the subconscious message that I was given as a child. Like, if you got to talk to the pastor, you got big problems. So, like I mentioned, I grew up extremely conservative Baptist. I went outside the fringe and I married a Lutheran. <laughs> and so, in our life, we had actually settled for a Methodist church, just keeping it spicy, you know. It sounds so stupid as I say that now. <laughs> but anyway, we had gotten a new pastor during this time when I was going through uh, burnout, and it was actually a she. And that was a huge deal for me because growing up the way that I did, women were not at the pulpit. Women did not serve at the altar. The best you could do was be a pastor's wife and teach Sunday school. So it was kind of a big stinking deal that it was already pushing on my belief systems that like, what? A woman can lead us? And I knew that intellectually that absolutely a woman could be a spiritual leader and be a pastor, but it was still like those ingrained childhood deep messages of like, who does she think she is? What is she doing? You know, God does not approve of this. And so I went and talked with Pastor Logan. And I want to share my experience with Pastor Logan because it is what I feel like started to put the cracks in my belief system. I mean, burnout was that big hammer that was just like beating the shit out of my faith life. But but Pastor Logan was more manicured. She was like an artist working on a chunk of marble. She is a mama three. She is about 10 to 15 years older than I am. She's actually full-time as a marketing executive at a local casino resort in French Lake, Indiana, which is amazing. I love that she's a marketing executive for a casino and she's a pastor. She brought so much emotion, but not in like the scary, fearful way that I was used to into her sermons, but in a mothering, loving way. And I remember I invited her over. I caught her after one of the sermons and I said, I'd really like to meet with you. Can I have your cell phone number? And she looked into my eyes and she said, honey, whatever is going on with you, God is here with you. And I just kind of rolled my eyes because I was just like, I don't, I don't want to hear that right now. But I, I do need to talk to someone. And you seem, you seem like somebody I could talk to. So I invited her over to my house. Of course, had tea and cookies because that's what you do when you invite the pastor over. And we sat down and had a prolific conversation. It wasn't like she was slamming me over the head with the Bible. She just listened, and we talked. And it was the first time in my life that I realized, and you got to remember too, like I went to a Christian university, dated pastors and training. My brother's a pastor. But it was the first time in my life where I really sat down with someone who was a spiritual leader and felt connected. And it made me realize that I needed to scrub and I needed to break the belief that it's only right for men to be at the altar. Pastor Logan changed that for me. She changed a couple other things for me too. 
she got me involved in leadership. She recognized that that was an in-place gift in me. Now, she had some ideas where she thought, you know, I told her I was burned out and that I needed to leave medicine and, and to do some other things. And so she pointed me towards like seminary. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And so she did get me implanted in the church, like leading music and children's church. And I started a mops group, which is mother of preschoolers. And I, I appreciate that. I know that she was trying. She she recognized my pain. She recognized what burnout was doing to me, that it had killed pretty much my passion. And she was trying to help me find my identity again. But really, all those things fell flat. And I remember another conversation with Pastor Logan, probably a year or so later, when I told her this, like, I've been doing all the things, and this just doesn't feel true and authentic to me anymore. I remember telling her, like, God's not going to show up for me. That's pretty evident. And why would God put leadership in me? Why would he put these gifts in me just to crush me with burnout right now? And she didn't have any answers, but the things that I processed after saying those things to her is what I realized is that the image of what I thought of God and what I had been raised up in my faith community were just actually no longer true. And so burnout started the fire that burned up all of those beliefs that were no longer true in me anymore. Just burn that mother to the ground. And it was a pretty exposing place at that point because I was like, well, what am I now? Just like an atheist? And so it was, it's been interesting to sit back and look at like, okay, so, so I no longer believe in the God or in the faith community that says, just pray through it. It'll get better. Just trust God because he'll heal all things, because that wasn't my experience. That wasn't how it showed up in my life. And I was no longer going to let myself be shamed and feel guilt like there was something wrong for me, in me, about me, because that wasn't my experience. And it pains me right now because I see my oldest son doing some of the similar things that I did as a kid about like praying before sports games that he doesn't screw up and praying for certain situations and, and all of that. And that's a whole nother conversation of <laughs> parenting through a transition, uh, your own internal transition, which I may have to talk about in the future. But what I did come through all of this of like sitting in the muck and letting my beliefs and faith systems be totally stripped away was that I came to new truths that I am a whole person who is not broken or who is not inherently a sin-filled woman who needs redemption always. And maybe that's blasphemy, but it feels exactly true for me, that I am a whole person, that I am not broken, that I, I don't need to lie on a spiritual crutch of someone else, quote-unquote, fixing me, because there's nothing to fix, because there's nothing broken. The other thing that's been really important to build up for me is that everything I need is available. That it's not about praying harder or digging in the Bible more or anything like that. That 
actually everything that I need is, is available to me, either within me or around me. The other thing I came to, too, was that there's not only one spiritual text. This is a huge one and led actually to a big, nasty argument. <laughs> one Easter at my family's. <laughs> uh, where I was talking about, actually, and I've said it before in the podcast, some of my most spiritually felt and like influential texts are not religious texts at all. I remember when I picked up the book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, I read the first couple pages in the first chapter. And I remember telling myself, if I keep reading this, it will change my life. And it did. So I actually consider that like one of my like sacred texts that I hold on to. I have a whole bookshelf. I'm excited because I'm remodeling my office and I'm going to have all of my spiritual texts on said office backdrop behind me. So stay tuned to that. Getting back to the things that I work through and now that are my new belief systems after stripping down and having had my old belief systems totally broken is that I am not lacking. My feelings are valid and my experience are valid no matter. I don't have to justify it. I don't have to bounce it off that I can be what I am and who I am. And my other one was, I get to change and heal and be different and believe differently, and the world won't burn down around me. (laughs) This was really significant to me because when I finally made the conscious decision that I was no longer going to attend church on Sundays, I started going to the woods and hiking and jogging. And what I realized is actually the woods felt like more of a church and a sanctuary than a church building did and that the world didn't burn down that I wasn't there on a Sunday and actually it was kind of better so to be totally transparent I don't know exactly where I stand in Christianity and the God issue now I do know that I've seen miraculous things in medicines things that have absolutely no explanation you know patient who became totally conscious at the end of life and had such meaningful conversations and then passed away. The experience that I had uh, with my own grandfather at his end of life, a child who's so sick and probably shouldn't have made it did, traumatic car accidents, being people being found down, women being found down, and coming back without a TBI. Like I, I know that I have seen truly miraculous things happen around me, being a physician that we cannot explain, and there's no logical reason for it to happen. And I've had that in my life as well, where where things have just so perfectly fell into place that it was almost too perfect. So I, I do believe in that. But I'm somewhere between that there's a spiritual and metaphysical world that we have not yet explained scientifically, and that maybe there is something to this whole collective spirit universe. Gone are the days of the wise old white man sitting in heaven and believing that one man's death somehow mystically cleansed me. And those are big deals to say out loud for me, just given my background and probably family and friends (laughs) who are listening to that. Um, Because it's been challenging to go from the wow, like just so deeply rooted in Christian faith in the Bible. I mean, I was the leader of our CMDA, Christian Medical and Dental Association, student organization when I was in medical school. And I bet if there's any friends who are listening to this who went to med school with, 
to like see, to see this shift in me, to see the transition is probably a little bit jarring for them. But I want to tell you that it feels more aligned. It feels real and true. And because I've really learned that tradition and rituals are part of the human experience and part of the comfort that we can experience, at first, when I stopped going to church and not celebrating Christian holidays in the Christian manner, it was it was very like, ugh, like empty and, and like I didn't know what to do. So instead, what I've started to do is implement new traditions and new rituals. And again, going back, knowing that my feelings are valid, that my needs are valid, that my experiences are valid, and leaning into what feels aligned, real, and true. So I don't know who needed to hear this today, to hear about my spiritual deconstruction and reconstruction. I don't know if there's somebody out there who's walking their own journey, who is in the middle of the dark night of their own soul, or who's continuing on their journey and coming out through the other side, or feels like they're all broken apart and wondering how they're going to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But I just want to share that it's a continual journey and that you are right where you're at, and that is the best place to be right now. And the last point I want to say, through all of this, this was not a singular journey. It started out that way. And in the dark nights of the soul moments, it felt absolutely isolating and lonely. But what I realized is that community is so important to find others who have either experienced this or are currently experiencing it as well, to help gather the courage and the confidence and the clarity and the compassion for yourself as you go through this. It's almost like, I don't know if you guys are nature watchers, it's almost like when a mother elephant is getting ready to have her calf and all the other elephants like make a kill circle around her to protect her. When you're going through this type of event, when you're going through burnout, when you're going through an internal transition like this, you need your kill circle around you. You need that community. And it wasn't until I started opening up and talking about this and and finding people who were more than happy to stand in my circle and to protect me during this when I was most vulnerable that now I can stand in the circle for someone else. So that's it. That's how burnout broke my belief system, but that's also how burnout helped me strip it away and come to a more true and authentic belief system as well. Want to see what it's like to hang out in a group with me? To catch me live, in person, and around all the other amazing women who listen to this podcast? Well, I want to invite you to our monthly free, totally free, masterclass that happens the last Sunday of every single month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So much fun. So much collective goodness all in one place. We're still doing the Be Happy Now series. And so I break down a topic each month that will help propel you into living a life where you can be freaking happy now. So if interested, jump on the website, burntouttobadass.com and sign up for this next month's masterclass. 
I can't wait to see you there. All right, such a great show. Let's pay some bills here. Before we end, let's give you the link to our sponsor, Resolve, again. If you need help reviewing your employment contract before you sign, reach out to the company with great reviews and a reputation for doing that and so much more. Find Resolve at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash resolve, and that's R-E-S-O-L-V-E, to get the review process on your contract started today. And remember... Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Got some